Welcome to the Deconstructionist Podcast. I'm your host, John Williamson, and welcome to 2022. Very excited to kick off uh, a whole slate of new episodes and uh, new topics. We've got new guests and some returning guests coming back. Uh, Very, very excited to release uh, all sorts of new content uh, for you over the next uh, handful of months. So uh, before we get to that, I've got a very special guest this week. And uh, if you if you looked at the title, obviously you already know. But um, before we get to that, I uh, just want to say uh, to keep up on everything that is related to the podcast, uh, check out our website, www.thedeconstructionist.com. There we've got a blog. We've got links to our social media. Um, you can stream directly from the website our entire back catalog of episodes. Uh, you can link to our web store where you can buy everything from T-shirts, coffee mugs, pint glasses, Uh, And you can even link to our Patreon page, which helps, uh, really just helps us uh, support um, all the costs associated with the podcast. And uh, we'll be retooling it this year uh, with new packages and uh, new exclusive content. So look out for that. Um, And also the theme music that uh, I've been using is provided by our friend Forrest Clay. Uh, if you want to check out Clay's songs, specifically the Recover EP, uh, which a lot of the songs that we've been featuring are from that EP, uh, you can find those songs anywhere good music is found. Having said that, I just want to say a huge thank you to all of you over the years who have supported the podcast, who have listened, uh, who have sent emails in. Uh, it means a lot. And uh, it's not lost on me that uh, this is just a really special uh Thing to be able to do uh, and to be able to produce and that people actually want to hear these types of conversations uh, means a great deal. And so uh, it's an amazing honor uh, to be heading into the sixth year of doing this. Uh, believe it or not, uh, we launched this podcast uh, with an episode discussing the topic of deconstruction and what that word really meant uh, to us back in 2016, January of 2016. And so um, I started this with my friend Adam, and uh, you know we uh, had no idea what this was going to become and uh, what it was going to evolve into. We have always said that the podcast more or less runs itself and decides what it's going to do, and we just kind of hang on for dear life. And and so, although Adam is not actively involved anymore, um, is still insanely supportive, and uh, uh, we talk uh, weekly. So uh, it still means a lot to both of us. So. Uh, hopefully the podcast, uh, you know, has, has evolved in a good way over the years and hopefully gotten better with time. We still cringe at our early episodes, but hey, you know, we were learning as we went along and uh, hopefully the podcast still brings uh, folks out there uh, some sort of comfort and value um, for all of you folks listening. So uh, having said that, uh, you know, this week's guest is the man who I started it all with, uh, Mr. Adam Narlock. So, no, you didn't accidentally pull up an older episode. Actually, um, some weeks back, packed up all the gear. I drove over to Adam's house, joined him in his bourbon room, and we essentially re-recorded the very first episode that we ever did. We thought it'd be kind of cool to sit down and do a 2022 version of that very first episode. Um, and, you know, a lot of it is reflecting back on what deconstruction you know, as a, as a term, um, you know, meant to us back then and what it's evolved to mean to us today and, uh, how our journeys have kind of looked and evolved over time. 
and, and some of the ideas that we had back then that, you know, we no longer hold today. And so it was a fun uh, way to kind of reflect back on the journey and kind of reflect on, you know, where we're at today. And just always a fun conversation with Adam. So had a blast. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy hearing Adam's voice again uh, as much as I did uh, when I was recording it. So I'll get out of the way now. And uh, without further ado, uh, again, welcome to 2022. Much more in store. Uh, this is just the beginning. Uh, yeah. And so without further ado, I bring you Adam freaking Narlock. I am helpless. This water I am treading is now my I'm afraid my time has come. I wish for one more time to see the sun. Adam, would you like to do the honors? <laughs> <laughs> like the Welcome to the Deconstructionist podcast? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Welcome to the Deconstructionist podcast, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> we are your hosts. I'm Adam Narlock. And I'm John Williamson. And uh, everybody's probably super confused right now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. It's been a minute. Oh, man. It's, yeah. First of all, for everybody that's listening, um, I I need you guys all to know how much I love the the man that's sitting across from (laughs) me with this uh, ugly-ass Michigan sweatshirt on hey that's that's big 10 champion michigan? big 10 champion yes. michigan wolverines <laughs> who totally deserve it because the buckeyes were trash this year <laughs> did not deserve to win that rolls bowl i'll go on record but um it's just so good to be with you john you too buddy and with all of the uh the listeners that i so recklessly abandoned <laughs> and left and left in the lurch unintentionally not knowing that that's what, what was gonna happen yeah what t- so so tell folks a little bit about like because i i tried to do my best to explain uh because we did definitely have some people who were like where is adam is he coming back <laughs> <laughs> and i was like uh okay so Adam's here's kind of motherboard what's overloaded and he yeah. needed an episode or two off, which turned into a year or two. Yeah. But and like that's just how life goes, isn't it? Like, yeah, man, it, you're like, man, I was just like, okay, I just, I can't do this one. Okay. I can't do this <laughs> one. I'm just like work and kids and, you know, I'm just like totally stressed about everything. And that's prior to COVID. Yeah. And then COVID hits like almost right after. And that. we did talk about a couple times, like. I think you were going to like maybe try to drop some mics off at my house and like kind of figure out a way to get me in virtually. And yeah, again, COVID and like life. And <laughs> yeah. before you know it, so much time has gone by and, and yet we're still us. Yeah. I, I miss it, man. I, I'm not going to lie. I, I miss the, uh, I miss the, uh, uh, the moments where p- so people don't get to see what we, you know, obviously when we're recording, cause I, I don't, I don't find um, like releasing the video footage to be of any value because it's basically <laughs> us sitting in a room and then the other person distantly on the other, you know. So like it's not like Joe Rogan who's got them in the same room, right? Like they're right, sitting across from each other. Right, and he's doing like cuts to other people in the studio and like got all these cameras. Cool background. Yeah, absolutely. But like so 
people don't get to see the joy on our faces like when we have a guest who's really uh you know throwing out some good stuff and, and we're like high-fiving in the background oh man uh so I, yeah i definitely missed that and uh but yeah you you had Same, some dude lots of life stuff going on you know lots of life stuff you know anybody that has a life can <laughs> probably understand that the last couple years um depending on where you are in your life, has been um, a bit unpredictable and odd yeah, and stressful. Yes. And, man, it's like, so I, I'm, you know, I'm 40 now. Welcome. Yes, I know. I, <laughs> I made it. I made it to 40. And it's amazing how marriage and kids and deconstructing and faith journeys and work and all of that stuff. Um, I think everybody can probably relate to the fact that life never gets less complicated. It always just continues its fractal expansion (laughs) of complication. Yes. And every once in a while you're just kind of like, so when it came to, to, to doing the podcast, um, yeah, man, I was just kind of running on, on fumes, not with just the podcast, but just kind of with life. And it became one of those things where I was just like, like anything else, sometimes you need a break from working out. Sometimes you need a break from a hobby that you have, or, you know, when's the last time you've gone on a date night with your wife or your husband, or, you know, done something special with the kids. Like sometimes there's just too much on the plate and things, you just get bumped off. Yeah. And I think I just didn't realize uh, how long that bump was going to be or what what was going to happen or how the journey was going to unfold. But like you have been doing an absolutely phenomenal job. Oh, thank you, man. So all you listeners have, you all know this, have been in very, very practiced hands. (laughs) You know, it's funny. I like there have been so many, there have been countless times where I'm like, should, should I continue to keep it going? And then inevitably there's somebody Cause you know, that's the way God in the universe works. Like who's, who's like, Hey, you know, that, that last episode really mm. meant something to me. And you know, like, okay, all right. You know, and, and I think we said long time ago, if, if there's even five people out there who find value in this, uh, then it's almost like, yeah. Okay. Totally, man. Yeah. And there's still moments where I I'm remember just like, when we yeah. used to say that. Yeah. Yeah, do you remember what our do you remember what our expectations were when, when we sat down and we were like discussing like starting this podcast? Okay, so since we're doing this live, like I'll, I'm going to do this in the perfectly honest way that I remember it, but then I want you to do it in the perfectly honest way you remember it. And <laughs> Perfect. I'm hoping it's going to be a little different because yes. that's that's how things should work. Mm-hmm. So I remember I was still a pastor at that church. Yep, and we knew that ourselves and a lot of the people that we knew were kind of secretly. Um, maybe even shamefully like reading Richard Rohr. Oh yeah. Or like still, they kept their Rob Bell books. Yep. Or like they were actually entertaining ideas that like <laughs> maybe others would find, uh, heretical or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they were kind of having that like philistical call back then, like a garage sale of like idea, like kind of just rummaging through it and being like, I don't know about this. Like maybe I should kind of question this again, but like, am I allowed to? And we knew that, that we had like a, a small circle of friends in the area that would probably get that. And if we could just give them something to listen to and they liked it. And it was like, man, if like 50 people 
Yeah. Like at the end of the first year, if like 50 people are into this and it's like <laughs> yeah. meaningful for them. We also didn't know that you, we were going to be like a weekly or a bi-weekly podcast at that point. Right. Like we started like getting super overrun, but yeah, man, that was how low the bar was. Yeah. At first. Yep. That's how I remember it. No, my, my, my recollection is almost exactly the same. Uh, I, I distinctly remember sitting down and we're like, okay, so like, what do we want this to be? Uh, what do we want the format to be? And that was long before we, you know, like use music during the episode that oh was gosh. completely happenstance. Um, you know, we, we had some theme music that, that we had this, we had this idea for theme music. Oh yeah. Um, a little drinky drinky. Yeah. Adam, Adam and I are in his new home, uh, in his, uh, uh bourbon cellar. I, I, it's like a little speakeasy corner of my basement. It's beautiful. Uh, <laughs> I should post pictures of this if that's, a, if that's allowed. Um, yeah, it's, it's beautiful. Uh, I wish this had existed when we were recording originally. <laughs> it's a lot of, it's a lot of fun. It's a yeah. lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, so, uh, I, I, I remember sitting down and saying like, look, if at the end of this year, cause I think our original goal was one episode a month. Totally. And it was the two of us. Yep. And we researched, like I remember reading like tw- literally twenty books. We had so oh my gosh Bef- dude, for I the first it, episode, yes. yeah, yeah. And I was like, okay. that was by the way, that was so much fun at the beginning yes. before we ever had a guest. Yep. And you and I were literally just trying to plan out the first few episodes, and we got all these books, and you had a few, and I had a few, and then like a few more came along, and like we found some more. Yeah. Before we know it, like we're both reading Pete Rollins' Insurrection. Yep. And totally being like, what is this guy talking about? (laughs) This is nuts. I I still remember our conversations about that. I was so mad at that book, but I also like loved it. Yeah, you literally. I remember you texted me one night. We were both reading it at the exact threw same it time. The room. Yeah, you were like, "I loved it," but then he would say something, and I threw it across the room. I literally <laughs> remember you saying that, and I was like, "Yes, I know what you're saying," because like there are parts of it that are very uncomfortable. For so me. good though, so good, amazing. And then, um, did I did I give you your first copy of Falling Upward? Yeah, it was a present. Uh, you love presents. I do, and you. I brought you some so, today. You're so good at giving <laughs> presents. Oh, thank you. And you. Totally for I believe Christmas that year. That's, That's when we had, right. we had dinner at my house. Whiskey and falling up. No, I think. we had Trappist ales. Oh, we had those Rotford. Yes, and some other yep. like aged Trappist monk ales because we really felt like if we were going to drink alcohol and do a podcast about deconstruction, <laughs> we needed to have some spiritual connection. So yes, beer made by monks in a Trappist <laughs> monastery. Yeah, felt. As close as you could get to God in alcohol. I feel like that's true. And uh, they were wonderful. Yes. And you gave me Richard Rohr Falling Upward. And I had some knowledge of Richard Rohr, but I'd Mm. never read one of his books. And the love affair began. Uh, I was like, who is this beautiful, wonderful man? Yeah. Yeah, what were... like? That's a a good question. So what were the initial books? Because I know when we first met... You were, as you said, still on staff mm-hmm. at the church that yep. I was going to. And by the way, I don't know if you remember this, but I was I was told to hang out with you not by not one person, multiple people, and this is the way they described it. Oh, you like to talk theology and drink beer? You need to you need to hang out with Adam. And I was like, what? Uh, y- yes, but like best reputation, oddly specific, best compliment and reputation. <laughs> 
thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. If I could remember all the people that 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 gave me that recommendation, I, I would I would send them a Christmas. Like card. you want to get nerded out and get really excited. Yes. And talk about some crazy stuff and drink some excellent and beer. drink some excellent beer. You should talk to Adam. And I did. And we did. And we went on a date night. We did. We did. And, and we talked about all the things. And and I remember we. By happenstance, because I was already, without knowing it, on, on this path of deconstruction, I was uh, I was reluctantly dragged along to the And church. I didn't know it. <laughs> right. <laughs> but what's weird is we were reading some of the same stuff. Yeah. And so what were what were some of the, the books that, that you read initially that kind of kicked it off for you? So at that time, because, you know, obviously with, you know, age and wisdom gives you some lenses to kind of connect dots to the past. Mm-hmm. And you usually think that where things began or where they began, and then you kind of get a little bit further out and you're like, Oh no, it began like way further back than I even realized at the time. But at the time when you and I met, um, yeah, it was, it was Richard Rohr. It was Marcus Borg. It was N.T. Wright. Yeah. It was, um, P. Rollins. Pete Rollins. Um, I'd come across Tim Mackey through, oh, through, yeah. jo- through John Mark Comer and was really, really digging his like super, super honest approach to, to scholarship yep. that, that took him to a lot of places that uh, rebuffed some of the kind of age old assumptions built into Protestant theology and biblical interpretation. And there were just a lot, it was like, it was like I was starting to realize again how much fun it was to not know something. Yeah, I was I was starting to realize again how how much better it was to invite people to a space where they could think and wonder and not feel like they need to get something right. Yeah, but um, kind of play and and I and that was happening to me as a pastor, which. Um, I was I was having trouble to be perfectly honest interfacing that like in in some sort of an official way like in the like how do you do that like mm-hmm. pastors are supposed to kind of have direction and answers and and uh even if they tell you like it's you know it's okay to you know blah 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 they're not really mm-hmm. creating the space for you to do that right like they they may have like a wonderful open sort of like oh yeah it's great and like I love to you know talk and it's okay that you're wondering. <laughs> and that's great. It always kind of, A, comes across a little bit patronizing. Mm-hmm. And it comes across patronizing because you see the whole artifice behind it as not serving that function. So it always, even if you're allowed to question, it always feels a little out of place. Right. Like it doesn't belong. Because everything that's informing the context around where you're sitting doesn't do that. Right. It does something else. It tells you how to live or how to think or how to or what to think in the dangerous ways. Yeah. And I, yeah, I was reading a lot of things that were kind of just challenging my assumptions. I remember that one of the pastors that I worked with um, at the time knew that I was kind of readdressing some, some what should have been kind of locked in issues and asked me kind of, where, where's this coming from? Like, you know, what are you reading? And I was like, N.T. Wright. Yeah, He's totally like messing me up right now. Who's considered fairly orthodox? Yeah, but like if you yeah. actually read it, you're like, well, wait a second. Some <laughs> <laughs> pretty good scholarship here. You know? This is not what I was taught that it is with certainty and certitude. And so yeah, like yeah. him and Walt Brueggemann and 
Karen Armstrong and Ugh. John Caputo and yeah. And then obviously I'm a philosophy nerd. So like, you know, I'm, I'm totally jamming out on like Kierkegaard and oh. Hegel and Camus and all these other guys. And I was just getting into Zizek yep. a little bit through Pete because, you know, he uses him in footnotes and I'm like, oh, who's this guy? Yeah. So yeah, man, lots of things. And then you know how it, it's just snowballs. So what about you? Yeah, it's funny. When we met, I had started uh, the process, and, and, and you, you, you know me pretty darn well by now. And, and so my, my process for anything is just to research the hell out of it. <laughs> and so... Oh, and, you love it. Yeah. And so, like, so I don't know what kickstarted it necessarily, because, like, we've talked about for years, like, there are different things that kind of kickstart uh, a so-called deconstruction or a spiritual journey. Sometimes it's traumatic, sometimes not. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, it was... A lot not, of times it's traumatic. Yeah, sadly. Um, and I consider myself lucky in the, in the sense that it wasn't traumatic. It was mm-hmm. very much just um, seeking information and knowledge and, and trying to understand. And I think it was the birth of my daughter and the fact that I reluctantly kind of got dragged along to this church where, thank God, because I met you and... and, and uh, a few other people who I consider great friends and, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was a wonderful experience, all, yeah. all, everything worth yeah. included. Yeah. Um, but, but I met you and, and, uh, you know, uh, yeah, can't, can't ask for anything more than that. So, uh, but I, I started reading books and, um, and, and fortunately my dad, uh, probably went through his deconstruction decades ago, didn't, <laughs> didn't know that at the time. Who is an ELCA Lutheran pastor? Yeah, freshly retired. Yeah, this week. Uh, but he kind of put some stuff in front of me, and then I just kind of found some stuff. And so I don't know how I found. Oh, I do, I do. I found out about Pete Rollins through a comedy podcast. Oh, uh, Pete Holmes. Pete Holmes. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Pete Holmes for for a lot actually because he did a series called Friends of Rob Bell. Yes. And not growing up in evangelical Christianity, didn't know who Rob Bell was. You didn't? No, nor did I know why it was such a big deal. Because <laughs> it's not. Because it's not. <laughs> so, like, everybody's like, oh, Rob Bell, love wins and all this stuff. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. And so I kind of systematically went through these books. And so uh, read Richard Rohr because, uh, you know, Pete Holmes, uh, you know, said the book changes life. And I'm like, OK, I'll well, check it out. So I read it and it wrecked me in all the best ways. And so then good. falling upward is what you're talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. You know, uh, the amount of people that I have now had read that book. I've given away all of my original copies. So like, I just have a, uh, revolving, I, I just keep ordering new copies cause I keep giving it away. Cause I think it's that important. Um, so like Richard Rohr, uh, insurrection, we found out we were reading at the exact same time. Crazy. Which is insane, yeah. Synchronicity. Yeah. Uh, 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 Marcus Borg, you know, uh, reading the Bible again for the first time was was one of the first books I read by him, and uh, the work that he had done before this whole movement kind of kickstarted. So, like, just all these books, and was asking all these questions, and it's funny you mentioned the fact that like pastors are supposed to have the answer, and I remember one of the first times, maybe the first time we hung out, I remember I was just like do you really believe that, you know, I was trying to, I was probably being a kind of a bit of a dick, you know, and you're like, and you were really gracious and, and 
like later we had a conversation about that moment. You're like, I gave you total pastor answers. I don't even know why I, I said what I said, but like, you know, we, we were kind of feeling each other out probably, but we both realized very quickly that uh, we were in a similar place and we joked about starting a podcast for forever. Yeah. So when we finally sat down, we were like, well, we'll do a podcast a month. And if at the end of the year, a hundred people, 200 people listen to it, that would be a massive success. Yeah. Massive success. That would, that would just mean that like, okay, yeah, we're obviously just going to do this anyway. Like why not turn some mics on and right. Invite people to it, what I was kind of hoping it did is like whatever they're going through, if they could kind of like podcasting a lot of times is eavesdropping. Yes. And the, and the beautiful thing about eavesdropping on somebody that is in a similar place that, that you are, is it, it's an immediate antidote for shame. Yes. It's an immediate, like, washing you of, like, this, I'm not alone. Like, I've had these thoughts, too. I'm, I'm in that place. I, I'm, I'm liking that. I feel validated. Like, those all just seem like really healthy things. Yeah. And so if we could just give somebody something to listen to that um, did more than pander or patronize, but it could actually like heal is probably too strong a word, but there's a healing component to being like, there's nothing wrong with me. Yeah. There's nothing wrong. Like the only thing that's wrong is to not change. Right. Like, is that too? Maybe. I think the desire was there. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, I, I don't think we necessarily had that as our uh, like focal point. Like our, I, you know, our goal wasn't necessarily. I don't think we necessarily even knew what our goal was originally. I, I, I distinctly remember we just we knew that we were going through this and that perhaps others were as well. Oh, and we had um, we had a lot of friends who were listening to the liturgist podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. At the time. Yes. Which is the first time I ever heard the phrase deconstruction. Really? Was on the liturgist podcast. Or maybe somebody was telling me about the liturgist podcast. Okay. And I just I just knew as a pastor at the time that like the way they said it had all this like shame attached to it already. Mm. As this like, you know, it's like De- like kind of deconstructing my faith like you know like, it's still a dirty word it's like a dirty <laughs> yeah you know whatever and i'm like well that's great <laughs> well that's like how c.s lewis of you like how mm, mm-hmm. like how how, Aug- how how augustine of you yeah how aquinas of you how <laughs> like how how paul of you how how like you're in good company like yeah yeah do that oh gosh yeah, that's but that's, it was like great. no, no, no. Like you can't, like you can't, you can't talk about it. Like you can't, no, not, not here. And I'm like, well, why not? So you remember, like the original name of our podcast was going to be Deconstructionists Anonymous. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because originally we had, but it was too long. Yeah, we had we had actually started a Facebook page right under that name. <laughs> So it's like this whole yeah. like, oh, we're going to Deconstructionists Anonymous, where you know yeah. it's that place that you go in the basement. And yeah. you tell people that like you want to just keep exploring, and that you're not settled, and that you you have questions, and it's not resolved, and and you have pr- actually some problems, and some trauma, and some pain, and some it's not always nice, and 
you got to like get that shit out. Yeah. Like get it out. I mean, we know for a fact to this day that there are folks who listen, who listen almost in secrecy. Like I know for a fact, Adam, I found this out. I found this out. I won't say who, but I know one of the former bachelors from the bachelor <laughs> listens or did listen at one point. And then there are some, uh, also some bands, but like, you know, it's one of those things where, um, yeah, it's, it's still not. Do you remember that phone call that I got? Again, like we'll be respectful yeah. of that, um, individual. <laughs> it w- so it was that, it was the pastor that wrote that worship pastor that wrote that mega hit worship song. Oh yeah. 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 That, if you've gone to evangelical church in the past, however long is, you know, you've, you've sung this song. Right. And it's a pretty good song. Yeah. And, uh, was like, Hey, like, can we talk? You know, I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, we, you know, we listen to your podcast and some others and we've got like our own little group that like does what you do, but like, you know, nobody knows. And like, by the yeah. way, can you not tell anybody? And I'm like, Oh buddy, like, yeah. That's so sad. It is. But like, take your time. Like, yeah. Do what you need to do. There was a lot of yeah. anonymity needed for a lot of people, I think. Which is fine, you know, and I think I think that comes along with kind of the unwritten rules that you and I came up with early on. You know, we were talking about this before we started recording. You know, we we kind of made it a point where like, what do we want to be? And I think we sort of felt that out and figured it out as we went. Yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. Now it sounds like we had it all like figured out. Like we did not at all. No, no, no. We broke every rule when it comes to starting a podcast. Like we things no you should ideas. not do. You should should not do. And now you've probably helped so many people avoid so many mistakes because <laughs> I know you've done some some coaching pro bono. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm more than happy to offer up that advice. Like I've definitely talked to a lot of people about, uh, here are all the mistakes we made, things you should not do when you start a podcast, but have an idea of where you're going, right. get some episodes in the can. <laughs> <laughs> right. Cause we had recorded one, one, and we're just so stoked to, to, to know that we had something out there in the universe. And then like, we got another one done and <laughs> then we got some guests that just started saying yes. That's a great story. So for people who have who just have started listening recently or within the last couple of years, Adam had this brilliant idea. He was like, "Look, so we had recorded our first like couple episodes, Maybe I think like two or three. And Adam's like, "You know what we should do? We should play the math odds and we should just reach out to like 50 people that we think are really interesting." Yeah. And maybe one of them will say yes. Our bucket list. Right. And we're like, you know, we'll play the odds. Yeah, one we'll one a, out of 50 will say few yes. Of them. And then we'll occasionally do an interview. Now, given we had no idea uh, how to interview, we had never interviewed anyone, uh, much less knew what kind of uh, technology would be involved to pull that thing off because we live in Columbus, Ohio. Oh, man, we were clueless. Doing this by distance. And so we did that. We, we emailed a bunch of people. And for the first like year, like no one said no. Almost nobody said no. And we were like, and, and there was zero reason for any of these people was to Karen say Was Karen Armstrong like our only no for like the first year? And I don't even think she necessarily said no. She doesn't do podcasts though. Right. So it wasn't like we were taking right. it personally. Like it's right. hard to find a recording of her. It's true. <laughs> She's on a couple documentaries and that's Karen. it. I'm sorry, Karen. Karen, yeah. I'm going to always call her Karen because it's spelled Karen and I'm American. Right. But Karen. Damn straight Karen, you are. Karen Armstrong. <laughs> 
But yeah, like so so we had all these people saying yes who had no reason to say yes because we didn't exist as a podcast really yet. There was no there was no benefit really to them coming on other than just doing it out of the kindness of their hearts. Right. And so, you know, I, I will always forever feel indebted to certain people uh, like Rob Bell and, Tim and Pete Rollins and Tim Mackey and N. Alexander Shia, N.T. Wright, like all those people who said yes initially. Walt Brueggemann. Yeah. John Caputo. Who just understood what Krista we were trying Tippett. to do. Yes. Yeah. And then, and, and then you know, w- we made a point early on. We, we said, like, we have a no debate policy. And the reason was not because we don't want to call people on their on their crap necessarily, but... We were trying to give a platform to people who had less of a platform to begin with. So, like, conservative uh, conservative ideas certainly, like, had a stranglehold on kind of, like, uh, media at that yeah, time. Yeah, they're the loudest. So we the, were, like... The biggest outlets. Yeah. The biggest machines churning out content. And you can find it everywhere. We're pretty much, like, you know, you're, you're you know, they're the, the life way. Lifeway, yes. Lifeway Christian bookstores, um, and nothing against these people. Like, it's, sure, we want balance, and you know, it, all that kind of perspective and things like that. But like, Christianity Today and Lifeway, and you know, mm-hmm. um, Intervarsity and Zondervan, and like all that kind of stuff. It, it, great, but like, we really were trying to find some more. Like, the whole point was every like for the most part, if you need. If you're listening to a podcast like this, you've probably heard all that before. Yeah. We want to give you something that maybe you haven't heard. Right. And and I think part of that, too, was I think we tried very hard um, to just let them present their ideas. Yes. Because we thought, here's something worth, hear- worth hearing, and maybe you haven't heard it elsewhere before, and we want to give them the platform and the space and make them comfortable enough to be able to share their ideas without feeling like they're going to be attacked. Mm -hmm. And so like we made a no debate policy. We also uh, made a conscious effort to make it feel like people were just tapping into like two or three people sitting at a pub somewhere. Yeah. Having an interesting conversation about interesting ideas. Maybe we don't necessarily agree with everything they say, but you wouldn't know because the point. Yes. That's the point. Cause it's up to you, the listener to decide what you feel about those ideas. It, all right. Or how it affects you right now, or where right. you're at on your journey. Like, we've lost the we've lost the ability to to be okay. It's gotten worse, man. With not agreeing with everything somebody says, because we've gotten, gotten to the point worse. now where because we disagree with something someone says, then we completely tune out and we stop listening to everything they say. Yes, and potentially miss out on something really good. You know, like. I'm sure half of the things that come out of my mouth <laughs> like are nonsense, but stick around long enough and I, I swear to you by accident I'll say something worth listening to. And and like if and we stick around out, long enough and somebody's gonna get your the heart behind right. whatever it is you're saying or trying to say or figuring out while you're saying. Mm-hmm. That's what a lot of people don't realize. Like so much of discussion and content is literally people trying to figure it out. Yeah. It is the journey. Just because you write a book doesn't mean you're done. Right. Or that you figured it out. Right. 
like the writing is the process of trying to figure it out, I think. So yeah, giving people space and like I gotta tell you, man, if there's one thing that I'm just a little bit worried about in the world, mm-hmm. not not in the spiritual religious world, but just in the world and you know, kind of what social media has done to how we function as human beings is we've got this binary approach to everything now. It everything is is uh dualistic and if you don't it, it's it's like i'm going to present an idea to you in a tweet or on a facebook post or in conversation um and i want to know if you're with me or against me right now like i'm going to present an idea i'm going to create a buzzword i'm going to i'm i'm going to reference a a, a famous figure or an event and i want to know what do you think and, and I want your answer to sound black and white. I want you to either completely condemn it or completely celebrate it. Yeah. And nothing in the middle is okay. Right. And it's also not okay if you're trying to figure it out. You're not allowed to talk about it until you have figured it out and you're with it or against it. And that is a just, that is probably the biggest sickness that I see becoming more and more endemic in American consciousness, the echo chambers are getting worse. Well, it, it completely strips nuance out of being a human being. And, and, and it goes back to what we talked about six years ago when we first started. When, the first time we had Richard Rohr on, for example, who really highlighted the idea of dualism and dualistic thinking and this black and white uh, idea that everything can fit into one of two categories. Right. And, Human beings are complex. We've talked about that Reality a million times. Reality is complex. Yeah. Situations are complex. Goodness gracious, man. <laughs> like, dude, it's just... And, and by the way, like, uh, politically, I, I would say that, like, this is one thing that, like, I can honestly say it's just as bad on both sides. So no matter what side yeah. you find yourself on... Like centrists and moderates mm-hmm. are the most annoying people to everyone else in the world right now. <laughs> centrists and moderates, people that are like, well, like, like how often do you meet somebody and you know they're like, oh, I'm you know a Republican, and you immediately assume they're like a Trumper, right? And they're like, oh no, I've got this really thoughtful, balanced approach to the to to, to why I still maintain my like. Republican stance. And there's this part of you that's like, I want to condemn you right now. <laughs> like, I want to find no place right. for... And it's like, you realize you're paving the way to fascism right. when, you, when you do that. And the same with... I mean, left... You know, people on the left are just as bad. Like, yeah. And it's just... It's terrible. Like... It's extremism it's on both extremism ends. It's extremism on both ends, all over the place. And it's social issues, too. Yeah. It's like, ugh, you, can't, you literally can't talk about anything without the fear of being canceled. Yep. And it's like, back to like what we were originally talking about, I think we felt some like early seeds of that, like very early on. Like, I remember being at the church, being in a pastoral function, and having to field phone calls from people that told me they loved me, that told me that I was a heretic and needed church discipline because I had a conversation publicly with Rob Bell. Wow. And I'm like, listen to yourself. 
Listen to yourself. Yeah. What is going on? What is that? What is going on that you need to be that extreme? What is happening? There's some arrogance with that too, though, because um, that presumes that that you know for a fact uh, the nature of God to the extent that uh, that they would feel comfortable condemning you with absolute certainty. Oh man, you know what I mean? Like that's saying it, that it, like it shows yeah. me a little bit about, and this is like a, no a flexibility, oversimplification, and this is completely unfair. But like, it, it's also just emotive, and like, it's it's how it makes you feel. Yeah, it shows me a little bit about like what the texture and the shape and the form and the character of the God that you think you believe in is. Right. If you're somehow like doing this on his behalf, like you think that he has no space for anybody to have uncertainty or, or journey or a different opinion or a different way of saying it for crying out loud. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. So we're basically what you're telling me is like, we're always on a knife's edge. Right. And the eternal abyss of everlasting darkness and eternal conscious torment is I'm one slippery step <laughs> away. It's not even a slippery slope. Well, we There's all no know. Slope. It's just an edge. <laughs> and I'm, and we're all about to fall off. God's very moody though, Adam. It's- Do you remember when we interviewed <laughs> Rob Bell? And I, I don't know if this was actually on the podcast, but I remember in that back room, uh, that made it onto that documentary. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Heretic. Yeah, yeah. The, Heretic, the Heretic documentary. And I just, I said, like, one thing that I love about you, it, it's not even a content thing. Mm-hmm. You just never seem like you're afraid or worried when you're making content. It's not I out of fear. That. It's not out of shame. It's not out of guilt. It's like this kid with an art kit that's just like, having fun and painting and playing and yeah exploring and that was something that was so missing from the and I I don't mind naming names because I'm not trying to be derogatory but from the old John Piper books that I read or the Mark Driscoll kind of crap that I grew up with you know in my early 20s or even Tim Keller and we respectfully had him on the podcast and loved our conversation with him it was great he yeah. was super just we took more heat for that podcast than we did anybody else which proves our point we took more heat from our listeners Mm -hmm. for having tim keller on our podcast which was a great podcast yeah super good content he was so gracious because he wasn't exactly what everybody wanted him to be or they found flaws in him that they found unacceptable i was like well we need to get john piper on here for crying out loud (laughs) i mean let's get driscoll on Yeah. The only reason we didn't have Driscoll on is because we had a no asshole policy. That's true. We did. We still do. And the dude got fired. (laughs) Dude got fired. For being an asshole. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Um, But otherwise, I I actually would have loved to see where that would have went. I just think it would have probably contradicted our two policies, which was no debate and not a lot of space there for. Yeah. But that's why that's why people need to give Tim Keller props. Yeah. Because like, look at the I remember what he tweeted. I just had, like, he, he said something like, I just had a wonderful conversation with two deconst- deconstructing guys that wanted to nerd out about 
philosophy and theology. And, I totally forgot about and that. And give it a listen. He put the link to our episode on yeah. his Twitter. Could not have been like, nicer. All of these people started listening to us because Tim Keller was like, yeah, listen to these guys. Yeah. I'll, well, I'll never forget the, the, the point that he made in our interview with him was that uh, as conservative as, as some people might you know, say that he is. And, and there's some truth to that for sure. He's, 100%. But like he makes space within his service, in his church, for people to ask questions and to have doubts. And I, 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 we, I remember it. we looked at each other and we were like, what? Oh, man. You do what? It, w- it was so great. People, I mean, there are definitely pastors and in, in congregations and churches that could learn a thing or two from that, you know? Totally, man. Like he's always been gracious. That's what I've always loved about him. Yeah. He's he's in intellectual. Yeah. In that he is always considering mm-hmm. new ideas. Yep. And even though maybe his like core theology hasn't changed much, mm-hmm. he literally said, if you look back ten years and you haven't moved, that's probably not a good thing. He was talking about how doubt is like he I think he called it like the antibodies of good thinking. Like you have to have doubt. If you have too much doubt, that's like immune dysregulation and you right. have a disease and it's going to attack your organs. And you know, like if you have too much immunity, too much inflammation, but if you don't have any, then that's called brainwashing. Right. And it's called, again, we're, we're back to like, you know, fascism and that, that's not good. No, it's not healthy. Belief by proxy. Yep, exactly. It's still happening. Yep. Should we should we take a break? Let's take a break. Adam and I are going to take a break. Uh, and this is the per- this is perfect because then I can I can uh, I can cut this spot in the middle for ads because we have those now. Fantastic. You do. That's right. Occasionally, yeah. Occasionally yeah, good for you. Yeah, yeah. you got to do that. I try to be selective. You know, hey man. Yeah. These mics don't pay for themselves. Exactly. <laughs> so we'll take a break. We'll be right back, and uh, we'll probably sample more bourbon get this one peated whiskey that literally smells like my dad's garage <laughs> and i love it um speaking of old garages <laughs> <laughs> and we're back uh so adam has been feeding me uh scotch and um i was not a scotch fan admittedly even when we were in scotland so uh to i my, don't know to my dismay I don't know if the if the uh, listeners who met up with us are still listening, but if you are, uh, thank you. And um, I have since changed my tune this very evening. <sighs> yes, <laughs> so good. So Scotland's a beautiful country, first and foremost. Um, can't wait to go back. But Adam, so one of the things I wanted to talk about was, believe it or not. We, I believe, started in 2016, so we are kind of the OGs of uh, this whole deconstruction thing, even though... like We were definitely the first podcast that had it in our title. <laughs> That's true. Which we had no idea how many listeners that was going to create just by way of people just Googling the word and being like, oh, there's a podcast about it? Oh, I'm going to listen to it. Yeah. Not knowing what raging amateurs we were <laughs> i know it's it's and sad but i'm like don't please if you're gonna start don't start at the beginning <laughs> right it's like uh you get to hear us fanboy out because we literally didn't think anyone was listening yeah and then we we kind of fell into uh kind of a rhythm probably i don't know maybe like around episode 10 or so 
I think is when we started to use, and, and, and that was all you, by the way. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but we had reached out to a band that you really liked. And, and um, they, they really didn't do interviews, but they were like, yeah, go ahead and use our music. And Sunlux? so you did. Yeah, yeah, Sunlux. Sunlux. Oh, man, what, what a cool group. Yeah, and you were you were doing the editing at the time, so you just kind of like stuck some of their 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 music, some of their songs into mm-hmm. an episode, mm-hmm. and it sounded great. And then that people were like, "Hey, this is really cool." Yeah, that was fun. And so we kind of fell into this habit of reaching out to musicians and using music from then on. So like, I, I credit oh, you. You no no no. So like. M- m- I'll take a little of the of the credit for like, oh, this would be kind of fun and like, you know, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. But like the follow through, bro, a hundred percent on you. Like <laughs> it, it was fun though, man. Like it was just this thing that I think set us apart that was a little unique, probably. Yeah. Where, you know, we we've kept a um Spotify playlist for years. You've kept a Spotify playlist for years. True. Until <laughs> until recently where I was like, You're so modest. This man. is so much work, you know? You're so modest. And Clay, you know, Clay, our friend, wrote an EP on deconstruction. I was like, theme music. That Cl- much that's Cl- much easier. Cl- claymation. Clay <laughs> claymation. <laughs> jars of clay. <laughs> Wait, so many so many jars of clay. <laughs> so many good ideas for his band name that he didn't take. That's fine. It's fine, uh, Clay. <laughs> it it really is looking back though um so much has happened around that word mm-hmm. that word yeah like, i remember even like being a little bit taken aback by people that did not want people to deconstruct or were kind of anti or, you know, maybe conservative or what, you know, whatever the, the label that works to describe what I'm trying to describe. But like, they didn't like that. And it's like, Oh, it's scary. Like, you know, don't do that. It's a faith crisis. It's, you know, slippery slope to atheism. <laughs> you know, you're going to hell in a handbasket. Mm-hmm. But then also like, do you remember like how kind of turned off like Rob Bell was about it when we sort of talked to him? Yeah. Like he, he didn't like that. He didn't want, because he thought it meant destructive. Right. And he didn't like, he felt so good about what he was doing that it should have been still within the stream. Mm -hmm. And deconstruction sounded so like, it's always about just taking it apart. Yeah. And, and we, I remember when we had an epiphany and we like added the parentheses yeah. that he recommended, that Rob Bell recommended to like put the D in parentheses to soften it a little bit mm-hmm. and at least add some like doubt to the fact that like it's really about the journey of the process. And sometimes that means you feel like you're taking it apart. Right. But sometimes it means you feel like you're kind of piecing it back together. The construction part, yeah. Right. The reconstruction, yeah, yeah. There have been a, there were a handful of people as even I Richard Rohr. Yeah, Rohr was uh, kind of opposed to it. He was he was like, oh yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. he had his three buckets, right? Like, yeah, order, disorder, reorder. Yeah, yeah. He he was kind of opposed mm-hmm. to it. Um, I remember uh, Bradley Jerzak, um, Zond, Zond. Yeah, like we we had to kind of almost like. Uh, preface the entire conversation on the fact that like here's what we mean by it 
And then they're we always do like, not mean distractions. Oh, yeah. Well, that's great. That's totally like where I'm at. It's like, well, yeah, we know, but like, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, right. And I, I think that's still true, especially now. Um, I, I think there's there's clearly just a billion podcasts out there now uh, about this sort of thing that didn't exist when we first started when we first entered in into the game so to speak um you know there 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 was us there were uh the, the liturgists there were a handful of others mm-hmm. and and now like it's so the it's so saturated but like with varying degrees of uh i think an understanding of what that word means or or like different variations of you know interpretation yeah and I think I I do think a lot of them, the younger folks, because because <laughs> we're old now, we're the OGs. We're we're plus forty. Uh, there are a lot of folks who are obviously still coming out of that kind of I don't know almost harmful theo- theological background. Sure, who are in their twenties and their thirties, and who are rightfully angry. And like I I will never. Um, kind of rob them or attempt to rob them of the the anger that they feel and the disappointment that they feel. Yeah. Because that's, it's, I mean, it's justifiable, right? hundred percent, man. All I'm saying is we've been through that. We're a little further down the road. And all we're saying is like, look, like there's a way to do this without being spiteful, without being um, jaded. Like, there's a time to be angry, but you can't hold on to it. And that's the only thing I've, I've tried to say uh, for, for a very long time. It's like, all right, you, you have every right to be angry. You have every right to be pissed off about uh, that experience that you had, that, that um, kind of harmful theology that, that you were uh, a part of for a while. But like, there's a way to say that that was that was then, and that was where I was at then. But that's not where I'm at now, and I can recognize it for what it was. Like Richard Rohr says, you know, I have a goad to kick against. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. it provided me that structure that I can push off from, and, and say like, okay, that's not where I am now. Mm-hmm. But like, it gave me the foundation to say, okay, like. Uh, how could we even begin to ask questions unless we have some sort of foundation like that? A hundred percent, man. I think there's that, there's that really great Nietzsche quote where he says, he who fights too long against dragons becomes a dragon himself or some version of that. Like be careful when you're fighting dragons that you don't become one. Yeah. And I think that there's so, there's so much to that. Um, You look at like, even like the you know mythology, like you know one of the you know American myths, you know the Star Wars. It's like, mm. is Luke going to become just like dark? You know, be very very careful when you're fighting against something that you're not mm. actually becoming the negative, becoming the embodiment. Uh, of what you're fighting against. So like how many times did you and I have offline conversations about people that we saw going through what they called quote unquote deconstruction that was just a new version of fundamentalism. Yep. That they were now passionate and it had the same texture and mm-hmm. it had the same shape 
And it had the same kind of vitriol and the same sort of uh, arrogance. And we would all be like, we, we would always talk about this and be like, that is not what we want. In fact, we want to caution people against, oh my gosh, you've just woken up from feeling abused by somebody that lorded certainty and certitude over you. Be careful that you don't become or try to become the new taskmaster of a new kind of gospel or way or something that you become the one with all the answers. Don't, don't do that. Stop, right. stop needing to do that. I loved that. I, I think it's probably one of our most unpopular episodes and it's a shame because it was with our guy, Pete Rollins, where we did his experiment and criticism. Mm. And we talked about C.S. Lewis and we talked about um, the last guru mm. and the mm-hmm. need for people to always have a guru and to, you know, at the time that we launched the podcast, we saw all these people that were repenting of Mark Driscoll for Michael Gunger. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> or repenting of Mark Driscoll for Rob Bell. Mm-hmm. And it was, if it doesn't sound like Rob Bell, I don't want anything to do with it. And it's like, don't you realize what you're doing? Don't you realize how this is going again mm-hmm. for you? I'm not telling you to go. I think Driscoll's books were terrible. Mm-hmm. I'm not telling you to go back to them, but you <laughs> don't need to find a new it. Right. You need to like the the reason I like Richard Rohr is because there's in everything belongs that I I have now learned in like we talk about how this started six years ago and like one of the things that I've seen in myself that I didn't have probably back then that I have now that I think is really really cool and beautiful and I I hope to pass off to my kids and um, maybe even anybody else who's open mind that's around me that's interested in spiritual things and spirituality and the divine and things like that is I used to think that I could only interact with spiritual ideas and concepts from spiritual mediums like books, sermons, churches, classes, whatever. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, I can read this book on architecture. Mm. Or I can read this book on, you know, cooking or, you know, whatever. Like there's this spiritual dimension that's gone so much deeper because I didn't need to localize it to one brand anymore, to one figurehead anymore, to one proxy anymore. And like, just like in the gospels, when the, the curtain tears and you know, there, there's nothing back there because the whole, th- it's the temple is not the thing. The whole thing is supposed to be the thing. So, so God doesn't live in the temple. <laughs> he doesn't live saying? behind the big curtain. <laughs> Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. That's right. You start to see it everywhere. And mm. when you start to see it everywhere, it's kind of like when it becomes real for the first time. Yeah. And if that's like not a born again experience, then like, I don't know what is. 
So stop thinking about like this as a thing that exists among other things, but this is like a better thing. And like, mm. you know, you can learn about God or theology or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's high. And then there's like all these other things you can kind of learn about. But it's like, no, like when I read psychology, I'm reading about God. When, like when I read about business, economics, like it's all, like it's all about the one thing always. Of course. I mean, wish you could have told me that in my (laughs) twenties. I mean, in a way, in a sense, that's something that's one thing that hasn't changed since we started this, that this, this idea that, um, the divine is everywhere. Yeah. You know, and like sometimes I remember us talking about the fact that, you know, if, if you live in a place, cause we had a lot of people who reached out initially who were like, where can I connect with a community of like-minded believers? And like, unfortunately, good luck with that. I don't have an answer for you on yeah. that one, <clears throat> but sometimes the right answer to that is like, you're going to hang out with a community of people who may not all be Christians, but are people who are safe, who are people who will listen to you, who will accept you, who will allow you to uh, ask these questions. And maybe that's in a coffee shop. Yeah. And maybe that's your church for, for the time being. Um, Cause sometimes like, I'll be honest, you know, uh, my friends who are non-Christians are more Christian to me. 100%, man. Than my Christian friends. Oh, yeah. Who are more Jesus-like than my my Christian friends. Um, Jesus prophesied about that. Yeah. You know, at the end of Matthew, when he's separating the, the sheep from the goats, and they're all all confused, and and he's talking about, you know, these people come to him at the end, and he's like, you know, I don't know who you are. And they're like, what are you talking about? We did all these like things and we did them in your name. And we were like, yeah, Jesus, like I got this power and I did miracles and like blah, blah, blah. Led Bible studies. I got a mega, mega church, you know? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, like, but like I literally don't, none of that was actually like my stuff. And they're like, well, well then what, like, what do you, like, where? And he's like, well, you know, I was in prison and you didn't come to see me. Like, mm-hmm. I was just hungry and like you didn't feed me and, I needed a coat and you didn't give me one and I was thirsty and you didn't, it's just people just being like, it's just around. It's just ordinary. It's just good. Yeah. It's goodness. It's beauty. It's truth. It's, it's just there. So let's natural transition to end this episode together, which by the way, has been beautiful. So beautiful. (laughs) I love it. So, Six years later, however long it's been, uh, deconstruction. Our very first episode is what is deconstruction? So what now is deconstruction to you? Man. Okay. Uh, It's probably going to be a long answer. Bring it. I'm going to rant a little bit. Go for it. So one of the things that I've seen a little bit... um, is that there's still this fear and hesitancy. Um, I saw, you know, a megachurch pastor recently, somebody like 
tagged me on Twitter, sent me a tweet or whatever about, you know, this megachurch pastor ranting about deconstruction being a sexy craze or whatever. So you did understand my tweet. Yes, I did. I did. I understood. Okay. And it's somebody that I would have listened to before my deconstruction and considered like, you know, somebody that I would have looked up to. Mm Mm-hmm. And just the, the lack of understanding and the in the the quasi like fascism and fear and just like I tell you what things mean. I shame you into getting into line. Mm. I make you question your eternal destiny to the point that it tortures you so that you stay here and do what I tell you to do. The authoritarian irresponsible, toxic, man, people don't get it. They don't get it. And, and so when you say like six years later, I guess, I guess what I would have hoped and like what it all still means to me is that there's no way to nail it down. There's no way to say it's not a thing. It's a space. It's mm. an always unfolding. It's a here but not yet. It's a tomorrow I'm going to be a different person. I am not a being. I'm a becoming. It's... If you literally feel the same way about life that you did six years ago, I'm I'm not judging you, but I do feel sorry for you because that means the vista has not expanded. That means the perspective has not shifted. That means the interpretive tools have not grown and developed. That means the questions have not been asked. That means the doubts have not been confronted. That means the experiences have not taken you to places of instability where you don't need to know what faith really is. Because if you're all good and you're always all good, then you don't know what faith is. And so deconstruction to me is always going to be this beautiful space where people grow and where they're honest about it and where they kind of even desire it and where they're tired of being shamed when they're experiencing it. And I just hope, I don't even hope, man. It's not even a hope. It's a, it's an absolute knowledge in a, in a, a a giggly kind of like, this is something that's always been. It's something that's always going to be. And it's the empire building control freaks that don't want to acknowledge that in themselves or anybody else because they want to be Caesar. Mm. So make a mess. Make a mess. And let me give you a really practical example that doesn't 
fit well in a theological rant. One of the most impactful places that quote unquote deconstruction has impacted my life is as a parent. I didn't used to have a great relationship with my 10 year old son. Mm. We've always loved each other, but like, man, we butted heads and it was stressed and it was strained. And I had this moment one morning where I was meditating and journaling and thinking about it. And it was causing me a lot of pain and fights with my wife and things of that nature. And man, he's such, he's such an honest, amazing kid that just wants to like, he wants to make his own choices. He doesn't want to just be told what to do. He wants to choose. And I wouldn't give him the dignity of that choice. I was always trying to tell him how to do things, what to do, how to do it, how to say it. Like, you know, I was very, very controlling and I didn't realize it because I thought I was, I thought that's what parenting was like this. And this, and this has to do with deconstruction because that's the way I was raised in my religion and in my faith. And of course that translated into my parenting. So I was very rigid. And here I am running a podcast about deconstruction and telling everybody it's okay to do whatever you want, but like I won't let my child make a decision on what coat to wear or what to do with your free time or like I don't trust his decisions at all. And I had this moment where I just felt, and yeah, I'll use the word because I'm not afraid of it. Like I felt convicted Hmm. and I almost felt God saying to me, am I like that? Am I controlling? Have I ever been controlling? Look through the pages of this thing we call the Bible, whether it's true or not. If I'm anything like this in here, I've always let things be a mess. Knowing that if it's not a mess, you don't actually get to participate. And love requires participation. So here I am with my son as a control freak, and I see God as this great allowing presence. And I deconstructed in a practical way where I realized that the controlling pastors and churches and institutions gave me a controlling God that was not in my experience of history not in my experience of reality, not even my experience of whatever we call scripture, not in my experience of freaking anything. There's never been, like, how can you call that control? Like, there's nothing controlling unless you add in it a controlling interpretive narrative to the whole thing. So, like, here I am being controlling with my son. And I feel this, like, well, that's you, buddy, because that's not me. From like from God, and I just and I literally just wept mm. and filled my journal with pages of thoughts and stopped. And from that moment, my son and I have had this spectacular relationship where he knows that, like, now if we're going somewhere and it's like, oh, it's below zero outside, well, you, you need to take your coat, buddy. Well, I don't want to take my coat. Okay, then don't and live with the consequences. Do what you want to do. I got your back. I'm never going to let anything bad happen to you as best I can, but I want you to have the dignity of choice and responsibility. So do what you want to do. 
And there's been times where literally, he, like, it's funny because he hates <laughs> wearing coats. He'll be like, I shouldn't want a coat, Dad. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Small thing, but like, yeah, I don't feel like eating breakfast. Okay, don't. You're gonna be hungry later. Oh, we'll we'll see. Yeah, I was hungry later. Yeah, but you figured it out. I didn't have to be the control freak. Yeah. So like, that's one. We always talk about deconstruction in terms of ideas and theology and interpretation. It's become so much more to me than that. It's become this open and opening vista that just keeps making me realize that, man, I'm a judgmental asshole mm-hmm. about everybody. And that judgmentalness doesn't allow me to be very loving. And like, I just want to have more space for people, man. I want to have more space for people. And I don't need them to be at this place or this place or this place or this place or this place whatever cuz like being judgmental it it makes you so bitter mm-hmm. and so when you ask me like what does deconstruction mean to me it's all these things it's people getting bitter and it's control and it's the rage against control and it's it's so complicated but it's beautiful and i'm glad that we got to have our little piece of this conversation what about you? <laughs> Me too, man. Um, yeah, I think, I think, I think about it most often when people are reticent <clears throat> to use the term, where they think it's um, negative, and I think, no, 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 no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You just misunderstand what this is. Oh. And, and so, like, like I don't know how, how many times I've said, like, look, okay, I'm not tied, I'm not married to the term. <laughs> I could care less about you the term. You can call it whatever you want. The term was given to us. Right. You can call it deconstruction uh, and, and, and really make the philosophy uh, students angry. Oh, um, they get so angry. So mad. Um, and we, by the you way, don't even, you didn't even read Derrida. You don't know what's going on. It's like, dude, dude, for the record, dude, please stop. I'm not talking about that. Nothing but respect for Derrida. We right? love Derrida. Derrida would probably be totally okay with this, by the way. Um, uh, having said that though, like you can call this whatever you want. You can call it a spiritual journey. You can call it, I don't care. Dark night of the soul. Right. Label it however you want. Whatever. But what it is is not a phase. What it is is uh, part of the process. It's it's an ongoing part of the process. Mm-hmm. And the sooner that we realize this, the easier it will be because when you, you see it as a phase, then you immediately your reaction, your gut reaction is to buck against it, I think. Yeah, uh, or, or at least for some people. is Or a to, trend. Yeah, yeah. A phase or a trend. Because there's shame attached to that. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, it, you're, just, you're just doing what all those trendy kids are doing. Right. Oh. oh it's just you, cool. You'll get through it, you know? It's just, oh, I've been through that. Yeah. Don't you love it when people are like, oh, yeah, 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 I've been, I've been through that. And you know just by the way that they're saying it <laughs> that they're just trying to, like, get a little street cred with you so that they can tell you that you're wrong? Do you know who that reminds me of? 
that one lady on that one documentary that we were on. <laughs> <laughs> very nice. I'm sure she's very nice, but. It was like oh, the, that was so awful. Yeah, <laughs> we we may or may not not have been on a documentary one time where, like, there was somebody who obviously was very much against the idea of deconstruction or asking questions. It was Alyssa Childers, man. I don't care. <laughs> I, I totally don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was. I went on my like faith journey, and now I'm a completely literalist, <laughs> fundamentalist. Yes, it was like this person that tells everyone how wrong everyone is but me and everybody that agrees with everything that I say. Because I went through deconstruction and now I have everything figured out. But like, did you? Dude, I'm telling you, you, that's why I don't care anymore. I don't pull punches anymore. Like that, I would love. Because it's super unhelpful. I would love to have a wonderful conversation with Alyssa Childress and, and, and and say to her, I... I literally love you and mm-hmm. don't even care that you think that you are telling me I'm wrong mm-hmm. because I fundamentally know that you don't understand what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that I would want to say to you, the only thing that I would want to say to you that's su- suspect to me is it seems like now you have it all figured out. Right. Well, that's, that's great. And that's huge. And I don't think that you can fully appreciate how huge that actually is. <laughs> because yeah. nobody has it all figured out. And like and you're really <laughs> critical of anyone that doesn't agree with you. And anyone who thinks they have it all figured out, like I can I can use Google and within five minutes, um, probably shred half of your arguments. And, and, and not like, and I don't say that in the way that like, like I want to have that intellectual uh, exercise. But like there's so much depth and so many things that we think we take for granted that we understand uh, that we think to be fact. Right. So many things I grew up with that I thought were just fact. And then I did a, just a tiniest bit of research. And you're like, oh, that's interpretation. Right. Or theory. Or theory. And it's like, uh, you know, it's like our one of our favorite, we were talking about this before we started recording, one of our favorite uh, guests we've had on, Art Rabbi Art, Art Green. Oh, Arthur Green. Arthur Green, who talks Radical about... Radical Judaism. Yes. Who... who um, Student of Abraham Joshua Heschel. Damn straight he was. Oh, the hash. He dropped that one just like subtly. Radical amazement. And we're on our podcast. And we're we're talking to me. It's like yeah, yeah. I was studying under Heschel. We're like, like the jo- Heschel. Abraham Joshua Heschel. AJ. He's like yeah. We're like <laughs> okay. what? Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> John John Pauzy episode. <laughs> yeah, I gotta freak out real quick. Um, but like as he says, like uh, uh, shoot, now you threw me off. <laughs> um, there's a point to be made here. Uh, You're gonna find it. Oh, but what he, he talks about like the the idea of uh, thinking that you've cornered or understood God in any sense, and as soon as you think that you've got God figured out, you know God surprises you in in a, in a completely different way. Man, it's just. 
Uh, for for anybody that's still listening and to us ramble on this long, uh, <laughs> um, thank you for sticking with us. But um, if if you've stuck around this long on this episode and you're still listening to me right now, then I I literally want to tell you, and this is for you, mm-hmm. where you're at is awesome. Accept it. Internalize it. Hug it. Mm-hmm. Welcome it. Give thanks for it. Wherever you're at, be like, this is great. Mm. This is great. But don't stop. Don't stop. Leave it open. Leave it open for more exploring because that, that will make you somebody who can listen, empathize, see something from somebody else's perspective. I think of, we would not have the theology of Thomas Aquinas if he hadn't read Aristotle. Yeah. We would not have, um, so, so much beauty if, if others hadn't been open to others to gain new insights and communicate new ways of seeing and thinking and feeling to us. So listen to those around you. Be okay with where you're at and be okay with where you're going. You're swimming in forgiveness. You're swimming in grace. The whole thing is a miracle. The whole thing. So just enjoy it. That's, that's the thing, man. Enjoy it. I think the one thing on the negative side of deconstruction that you and I have tried to do a pretty good job of staying away from mm-hmm. is anyone that was coming at it from like a crusader yes. sort, of, sort of vantage point mm-hmm. of like we need to take the power back. Don't fall into that trap, man. That is literally the trap. Go read <laughs> Animal Farm. George Orwell? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go read Animal Farm and see how that works out. <laughs> right. Everyone needs to do that. Mm-hmm. Anytime you think that you are going to be the one to align yourself with anybody that's even saying like, oh, we're going we're gonna to figure it out. We're gonna, we've mm-hmm. got the new path. We've got the new way. We've got the new answer. Yeah. Um, and there have been some movements and in, in, in podcasts and people yeah. that have set themselves up as those things. And I just want to tell you, like, fine, listen, but don't you don't need to align. You don't need to camp. You don't need to buy in all the way and drink the Kool-Aid. That's you're just doing it again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Don't listen to us. <laughs> Keep going elsewhere. Right. Yeah. I think I think the one thing that has held true for me in this entire time and my viewpoints have changed and uh you know, I'm I'm more than willing to talk to people about those on the side, but like the one thing that hasn't changed for me is the fact that there's there's I think Peace and ambiguity, as uh, Rohr might say. Mm. And I think anything 
or any theology that doesn't come from a place of love mm. just doesn't feel right to me. And I think I always come back to, regardless of where you stand on the divinity of Christ, doesn't really matter. The, the teachings of Jesus all come from the same place, right? Like, love yourself, love God, love your neighbor. He, he boiled it down very simply. He made it very clear, made it very easy. Like the dummy's guide to, you know. Totally. And, and like, I try to follow that the, be, the best I can. And, and, and that allows me also to uh, embrace people in other religions, like I think some of some of my favorite episodes that we did were some of the uh, religious pluralism episodes. We did some episodes with uh, rabbis. We did episodes with Hindu priestesses. Sumble. She uh, Muslim. Yeah, the um, Muslim next door. There, there's there are um, commonalities to be found, you know, and 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 I I see them through the love of Jesus and the the teachings of Jesus, and I I, I think that. Um, yeah, that's the one thing, that's the one constant for me that hasn't changed this entire time. Love it, man. Yeah. Yeah. There is something bigger. Mm -hmm. There is something bigger. There always has been. I like, uh, so my, my wife recently has just been reading through, um, the gospels and the book of acts. And she's just kind of like, hasn't done it in a really long time. And it's just like, you know, I'm, I'm going to read some Bible. Mm. And, um, when you haven't done it in so long, it's all so weird, <laughs> right? Well, it's also weird if you're just paying attention anyway, but like, if you haven't sure. done it in a really long time, it's like, man, this is really weird. And like in the early church, like it was growing so fast and, it, and including so many groups of people that had, before been completely excluded, mm -hmm. they just didn't know what to do because the whole thing was just expanding so fast that um, at the same time she's doing this, I was reading the writings of Marcus Aurelius. And in Aurelius's writings, he refers to the Christians as the atheists. Interesting. Because they were these people that didn't subscribe to the Roman pantheon. And they didn't subscribe to the, the temple rituals and, and the whole system that was set up. They were the ones completely <laughs> deconstructing. And, and while she's reading Acts, and I'm reading Marcus Aurelius, and I'm like, oh my gosh, they're talking about like the same. Yeah. And it's like this little overlap. I might have my history kind of wrong there because I'm just, you know, a novice on all this stuff. But like, <laughs> it, it's amazing. My point is, is it's amazing to me the expansive universalistness, universality is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Universal, like the overall, the bigness, the hugeness. It just keeps expanding and including, expanding and including, expanding and including mm -hmm. until we build walls. 100%. And calcify. Yep. And say, oh, no, 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 we got it. Now we know exactly what it is. We know how to identify you. Mm-hmm. And this is what you should look like. <laughs> and this is how you should sound. And this is it. If yep. you would have went back to some of those early, explosive, expansive gatherings of mm. these people that didn't know what the hell was going on, but they know that they were just overwhelmed by this feeling of like, man, 
we're all in this together. And there's this thing called the spirit in Christ. And like, that means that like, no matter what you believe or what I believe, like we all believe that there's this thing that like brings us all together and it's self-sacrifice and it's beauty and it's love. And it's like, Hey, let's do this. Let's like, and they're like, well, hey, do we have to be Jews anymore? No, nah, you don't got to do that. Like, well, what about circumcision? I don't know. Maybe sometimes we'll figure that out later. And it's like all of this just like completely. And like we all look at that as like, oh, man, they were nuts. This whole thing. It's like those were really, really big deals back then. Absolutely. And things were just getting blown up. So like deconstruction has always been. It always will be. Keep the journey going. Love is the answer. Kindness Come on. Yeah. So, that, yeah, that's where I'm at. Beautiful, man. <laughs> Thanks for uh, coming over to my house, man. Uh, thank you for feeding me uh, scotch that didn't taste like a campfire. <laughs> <laughs> so Adam and I were in uh, Scotland together uh, a couple years ago, a few years ago now, actually, probably. I think it's like almost three. Pre-pandemic, <clears throat> and uh, we went to a private scotch tasting society. And Adam, uh, who got me into bourbon, admittedly tried to feed me scotch, and it all tastes like liquid campfire to me. <laughs> and so tonight, Adam has given me many scotches uh, <laughs> that did not taste like campfire. So I appreciate that. You're so, welcome. But I love, uh, you. I love you, brother. Um, miss you. Thank you for coming on and uh, uh, doing this reunion episode. This will be the first episode of 2022, by the way. No way. Yeah. How cool, man. This is it. So for those of you who have been around for a while, uh, I hope you enjoyed hearing Adam's voice again. For those of you who uh, have joined after the fact, uh, Adam, uh, hopefully you go back and listen to some of our greatest hits, but Adam uh, and I started this podcast a long time ago um, with zero intention other than to, to have some fun conversations and uh, hopefully do a little bit of good out there. And um, just got caught up in. Um, I think I think we I think we said a long time ago, and and many times over and over again that this podcast basically just kind of took off and ran itself. Yeah, it did. And it uh, became what it was supposed to become. Yeah, I still think that's true. I do too. You've yeah. done an amazing job with it, man. Thank you, thank you. And I I I, I try to keep. Um, I try to honor it and, 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 and keep it going in the same spirit that we started. So appreciate you and um, love your brother. Love you too, man. And I love all you people listening to the Deconstructionist podcast. It's good to be with you again. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, happy 2022. Lots more to come. Thank you for listening and uh, God bless all of you. We did it. Driven with a heart of gold. Finished seminary, married, found a church he could call home. Made a living, giving, dying folks a shoulder and a hand. Until he told. Some feelings for 
Abandoned. 
I've seen.